Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61, from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. This is Pastor Joe Sutton uh, coming at you with Isaiah 61, the radio ministry of Spirit of the Lord Church. Uh, just once again, happy to be in the kingdom today as we enjoy uh, our Minnesota weather, the, the going in and going out. You know, I'm still amazed at, uh, at the snowfall we had a couple weeks ago. I, I, I we were doing the Passover Seder meal, and I, and I, it was all over dishes washed, you know, basement clean, and people come into my. It's snowing. I say, yeah, right. <laughs> man, I stepped outside the door. I haven't seen snow that pretty in two years. Man, it, it was nice, big, fluffy flake. Couldn't see uh, freeway. Everything covered. Didn't last long. You know, by lunchtime it was gone. But it was like. The next day it was gone, but it was just another reminder that, you know, Minnesota just let us know that, you know, it, it, it's still Minnesota. It's still Minnesota. And so uh, I, I hope you've had a great time these last couple of weeks uh, where however you choose to celebrate uh, the death and resurrection of our Lord, uh, whether it's through the uh, Passover celebration as we do or a resurrection Sunday or Easter Sunday, uh, however it goes. And, you know, I was telling my congregation that there's something about this time of year that makes a person reflect upon their 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 spiritual well-being. You know, the atmosphere changes, you know, and and, uh, and and that's what we're called to do as believers is we're called to set the atmosphere. You know, we can't physically talk to everyone or physically do something, but we can set an atmosphere, a, a level of expectations. And miracles happen when there's expectation, you know what I mean? When there's that desire, when, when you, when the scriptures say those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Then when you're expecting something, you know, and God can move in that area of expectancy, you know? And, uh, and so just, I always remember even uh, when I was a young kid about this time of year and, and, and thinking about Jesus and, and, and what had happened, you know, growing up, uh, you know, in church, you know, it was always, you know, uh, a, a moment of reflection, you know, whenever you did communion or whatever like that. But, you know, just about something about this time of year, knowing that this person would would humble themselves and, 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 and die for for other people. That's 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 something that's that's kind of serious. But on the one note, it wasn't hard for me to believe that that somebody would die for somebody. I know in certain cultures. You know, you go like, okay, man, that's a great sacrifice. Somebody give their life for somebody. But, you know, I just happened to grow up in a culture where uh, giving your life for somebody wasn't an unusual circumstance. 
And what I mean by that is if there's somebody in the neighborhood or somebody in your uh, organization, click gang or whatever, you know, got into trouble and you you went out and you laid your life on the line for them and, and you, you put you put yourself at risk. You, you fought, you know, you shot, you did whatever, you know, for the sake of your commitment to that person through the organization. And so hearing the gospel message wasn't hard for me to understand that level of commitment, but it is a level of commitment. You don't do that for anybody that you're not committed to or who is not committed to you. And and so coming into Christianity, uh, I had a, 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 a just a load of respect for Jesus that that for what he would do, you know, because us in defending uh, a block that we didn't own or some some uh, respect or pride that we didn't deserve. We would go out there and put ourselves in, in, in harm's way for the sake of someone else. But Jesus then he put himself in harm's way, not for himself, but he did it for us. You know, Romans 5, 8 said, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And I'm like, you know, his love for me was that strong that he was willing to give his life for me, even though I was not a part of his organization. He did it in hopes that I would become a part of his organization. And there was no guarantee that I would accept what he did, but he did it anyway. And he constantly sits at the right hand of the father, making intercession for me or defending me or, you know, taking me to that, that level and, and to me, that's just amazing. You know, I mean, you know, for, for me coming out of the culture, coming out of that mindset that someone would take that, that, that would be like a rival uh, gang member going to war with me and, uh, and and putting his life on the line for me. And, 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 and I'm not even a part of what he does or where he goes, you know. And, and so one of my favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite my, some people would say life first. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, is is uh, Proverbs twenty four ten. Uh, you know, I'm a doer. I love to do. Uh, I push myself sometimes beyond what I should. Uh, sometimes when I'm 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 hurting, and uh, I still keep going. I don't let anybody know I'm hurting. I don't think about uh, doctor or pill or nothing. I just do what I have to do and. And that's it. And Proverbs twenty four ten says, if you fail under pressure, your strength is too small. And so pressure comes in to let us know where we are. A lot of times we think that we're a certain level. Peter thought he was at a certain level with God, a certain level of commitment when he said, I would never betray you. And Jesus turned to him and said, before, you know, the cock crows thrice, you before the cock crows, you deny me three times. And Peter was like, no, no, no. When it happened, it wasn't a way to prove Peter wrong, but it was a way to show Peter that his strength was not as strong as what he thought it was. When pressures come into our life, when trials come into our life, God already knows how we're going to react. He already knows what's going to be there. Uh, you know, he, but he's just letting us see where we are. We need to see where we are because, you know, a lot of times we are not where we think we are. You know what I mean? And, and so, and I know in my life that just rings to be true. So this this verse has become strong for me is that when I'm going through, I look at it and say, where's my strength? You know, where's my strength indicator? You know, if you 
in the weight room as as in one time all of us tried to venture into the world of workout. You know, I remember you going there, you had your test days, you know what I mean? You know, what's your max? You know, people ask you, what's your max? And then you get out there. And I remember the first time uh, I benched 350, you know what I mean? When I, I benched 350, man, I was happy. You know, I only did it once, you know what I mean, Bill? But I was happy because, you know, I had been pushing 225, you know, and doing three sets of 10 and 225. And as I did those three sets of 10 and 225, you know, I was getting stronger and stronger. And my max got greater and greater. And then when I hit 350, oh, man, I was that was an elated day. You know, I went and put 15 more pounds on the bar and dropped down to three sets of seven and I uh, ain't kept going. You know how we do. Now, I ain't seen a set of five, seven, one in the last 15 years. <laughs> I, I got on the bench. I got on the bench the, uh, about, a, about oh, it's been about a month now. Uh, I was in the weight room. You know, here I am leading workouts and I'm in the weight room with a, with a bunch of athletes. And so I, I lay on the bench, and there, there's 95 pounds on there, right? And I grabbed that 95 pounds. I had to have my son spot me because I was scared of 95 pounds. You know what I mean? I, I, and I, so I, I got it up off the out of the out of the hook, out of the cradle. I got it up, brought it down, brought it up, put it back in there, and I said, Ah, I feel good. I maxed 95 pounds. Now the son would be like. Dude, you went from three fifty, <laughs> we went three fifty thirty years ago down to ninety five pounds. But you know when they crack your chest open for that open heart surgery and you and your whole chest is still healing, man, I was happy to move ninety ninety five pounds. You know that was man, so it'll be uh, not nine months ago that I had open heart surgery. So be I couldn't lift anything, you know, nine months ago, and now I'm up to to to, to ninety five pounds. I was playing with 145 before that because I got this thing in my arm where I can't I can't uh, put much pressure on it you know for dialysis this is called a fistula but I look at that and say if you faint in your if you fail under pressure or King James says if you faint in your day of adversity your strength is small so adversity comes in pressures come in as a way of a test to let us know where we are you know what I mean to let us know what is our max to let us know where we're going and improve but it's verse 11 that that really sets the tone and and makes me especially during this this season uh, of uh, resurrection. It says, "Rescue those who are unjustly sentenced to die. Save them as they stagger to their death. Don't excuse yourself by saying, look, we didn't know. For God understands all hearts, and He sees you. He who guards your soul knows you knew. He will repay all people as their actions deserve. And 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 that." Those two, those two together, you know, one, when I get to adversity, when I get to pressure, you know, it's just a test to let me know where my strength is. But on the other side of the coin is I I can't watch people, you know, be sentenced to die. I can't watch people stagger into the hand of death and say, I didn't know, you know, that I I didn't know. And and, and I won't I don't want to use the word. Drive because it's not works motivated, but it's it's love motivated. That's what drives me to ministry. That's what that's what drives me to to do uh, radio programs and 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 summer programs and track meets and Bible studies and and pastor church. You know, what I mean, it's because 
there's 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 some people out there, right? God says, rescue those who are unjustly sentenced to die. Save them as they stagger to their death. Don't excuse yourself by saying, look, we didn't know. You know, I mean, a lot of people say we didn't know. We hear tragedies in other countries. We didn't know. You know, we hear about uh, whether it's, whether it's, oh, slavery still exists. Oh, we didn't know. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, sex trade. Oh, we didn't know. You know what I mean? You know, the information is out there and we choose to 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 gather certain information. But but God says that as believers, our job is to rescue those who who've been unjustly sentenced to die. And unjust could be it could be a decision that your grandfather or your or your father made. You know, my, my kids are in Minnesota because me and my wife made a decision to live in Minnesota. You know, it it, it, it it had nothing to do with what they chose to be in Minnesota. That's a decision we made. You know, I mean, some some believers are born in countries where they're persecution. And I'm pretty sure if they had their choice, they wouldn't have chose that country. But that's where they are. And they have to they have to live through that. Doesn't make me a better believer than them. And, you know, or anything like that. And uh, or that God loves me more than them or anything because they had to be born there. It was decisions that have been made, unjust decisions that have been made. But we as believers have our job is to rescue those things. Our job is to set those things right by following God's plan and doing what God has set us to do. But when I look at Jesus and we're going to go to Philippians, you know, after the break. But when I look at Jesus and when he came this time of year, this this time of year wasn't for me to get a new outfit. This time of year wasn't for me to get a basket. You know, this time wasn't for any of those things. And, and you know, businessmen going to always take advantage of everything and try to do something. But we can't get um, uh, captivated by how business takes advantage of, of of the presence of God. We have to stick to what God has called us to do. And and that is called us. He called us to set the captives free. When you look at Isaiah 61, it's just that's just what it is. There's some people in prison. There's some people, uh, you know, that have been captured. You know, there's people who have broken hearted. You know, what I mean, we're called to set those things right. You know, we're called to, to rescue. You know what I mean? We're called to rescue them. That's that's what we're called to do. You know, and God's going to repay people for the actions that they, that they deserve. You know I mean, you know, whether, you know, you, you sitting up there. I used to always say having your double Blockbuster special, but Blockbuster's closed. So now I got to say, why are you having your net fix? You know, <laughs> you have your net fix, you know, not Netflix, but fix like a junkie. You know, you're sitting up there watching whole seasons of things. You know, we're going to have to, We God's going to call us accountability over what we deserve. And then are we out there setting things right? Are we out there walking with someone, leading them? You know, do and when we get to service, do as soon as service over, do we just run out the door? You know, I mean, it breaks my heart when I go to a church and I see it within 15 minutes of amen. The whole sanctuary and parking lot is empty. Everybody's darting. You know what I mean? It's darting. They're not. They're not staying around to to uh, fellowship with each other. They're not staying around to pray with each other. They're not getting invites to lunch or dinner or, you know, where you just checking in on everybody and everybody hanging around because they had this. They care. No, they're darting. I mean, they're they're running. They're out of there. They're in there and they're gone. They're going to, you know, do whatever they need to do, you know, on their precious, precious Sunday. But we have to understand we have to approach this thing like Jesus did. He came down. He came down from glory. He humbled himself, walked this earth as a human being. And why? To rescue us. He wanted to rescue us. And he's asking us in turn to have his heart, to have his mind, 
you know, to go out there and rescue those that we see being drawn. And I understand that we, we think rescue a lot of times is, is from social justice, but it's a spiritual perspective. We need to make sure that soul is right. We need to make sure that that, that word is correct. Uh, so we end up on the break. And as we bump our way out. Uh, come back. Stay tuned. We're going to jump into the book of Philippians. And we're going to talk a little bit more about Jesus. You listen to Isaiah 61 on AM 980, The Mission. Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community. Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. We're looking to add an account executive to our team right here at Salem Media Group Twin Cities. We've got four stations, AM 980 The Mission, AM 1280 The Patriot, Business 1440, and Wellness Radio 1570, plus an online station, thefishtwincities.com. And we're looking for someone who's goal-driven, mission-minded, and understands the importance of small business in our nation. If you think this job is a great fit for you, apply online at am1280thepatriot.com. Just click Work For Us. Hey, welcome back to Isaiah 61. This is Pastor Joe Sutton, a radio ministry spirit of the Lord Church. Uh, just once again, I just like to, <clears throat> as a reminder, uh, if you have young children and you're interested in them, uh, uh, staying in shape, getting getting out in front of the the thumb exercise of video games. You know, we have a track team called Eagles Wings. Those that they should run and not grow weary. And uh, and we meet right now. We meet on Saturdays at Edison High School at one o'clock. If you go to EaglesWingsTrack.com, dot com, you'll see the schedule. And uh, and it, we're welcome to have you come out. Uh, it's free to practice with us. Uh, we don't charge anything to be on the team. Uh, we do collect meat fees the meats that we run in you pay the fee for the meats to run in but uh that's about it we just have a great time in the family atmosphere we had 30 some kids out there last saturday and that's the most for saturday because most people are still doing basketball and things doing our saturday workouts because we start really start track uh may 1st it's when we really get going with our tuesday thursday saturday practices so uh come on out give us give us a call go to go to our website uh, like I said, EaglesWingsTrack.com, or you can go to uh, SOTL.org, and they'll link you over uh, to the track team. Well, let's go to the book of Philippians. In the book of Philippians chapter 2, uh, I was I was just reading this and reflecting, especially when we were preparing for uh, when you know we had our, our Messianic uh, guest on, and they were just explaining Christ and Passover and the importance of Passover. Uh, you know, when I, when I tried to really understand, you know, I remember reading this verse says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. So that's what started me into looking at uh, the Hebraic teachings and roots and things like that, because Jesus, Jesus was Jewish. And so I said, well, so I wanted to understand how it went. And if he had to prove he was the Messiah, 
and the only books that he could prove he was the Messiah in were between Genesis and Malachi. And I had been taught in my Christian life to prove he was the Messiah between Matthew and Revelations. And so I wanted to know what was the two witnesses or how was it, how was he proven, you know, to be there? How was even the New Testament proven to be uh, the authorized word of God by the by the witnesses between Genesis and Malachi. So it led me to start looking between Genesis and seeing the, the prophecies that Jesus fulfilled and being called the Messiah that, that were listed between Genesis and Malachi. So it led me on that journey. And in verse five in Philippians chapter two, it says this, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. And, and, and here it is. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Meaning that Jesus did not cling to his heritage. He did not, uh, as we would say, he did not flash or floss the fact that 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 he was he was God. You know, it wasn't a response to like, uh, you know, who are you? Rabbi, I'm God. You know, how, you, how dare you question me? You know, or, or you know, uh, you can't go this way. You can't go this way. I'm God. He never, he didn't play the card. You know what I mean? He did not use who he was to influence his circumstances. He just was obedient to what he was called to do. You know, and a lot of times, you know, I see in my profession, you know, as a pastor, that people cling to their title meaning that when when things are not going their way, they're quick to say, I'm a pastor. Like, that's supposed to make everybody, you know, jump a little bit higher or something like that. You know what I mean? And and uh, and so, but he didn't clean. He just, he just, he said, he had the attitude of, right, that he gave up in verse 7. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. Man, to me, that, that, that still speak volumes to me. It still makes me think about, about you know, and, and I think about the resurrection all year long because he gave up his divine privileges. As he once said, he said, I can call down a legion of angels. I had that right, but I've given up that right in order that, why? Why did he give it up? Why? Because he loved us so much and he knew that he had to go through what he went through in order for us to be free in order for us to be rescued, in order for us to have the opportunity to, to walk in his divine faith and life, you know what I mean? And that he was willing to take that. He, you know, he not only died, you know what I mean? You know, gave his life. You know, I tell people giving life. Well, like I say, in my neighborhood, giving up life ain't nothing. Cause all somebody got to do is say, Hey man, it's on. And when somebody say it's on, everybody's running in, everybody's run down and everybody starts shooting at somebody and everybody start fighting and whoever survived, survived. You know what I mean? And and, that, and that's just it. You know, when they say it's on, that means everybody got to go. You know what I mean? They go there. So that giving up a life to some people who, who never had to live like that, giving up a life may seem a lot. But to give up your privileges? Oh, no, no. I'm not giving up my privileges. You know, if I'm the shot caller, you know what I mean? If I'm the daddy, you know what I mean? If if I'm the husband, I'm not giving up my privileges. I'm, I'm not going to give up my privileges and take that home position on time. I'm just being honest. You know what I mean? It, it is, it'll go so far, but it's not going to go that tune to where he came down. He came down and shed all his outer travesties and became a baby. Yeah. He didn't come down as a full grown human. He became a baby. He put himself in a vulnerable position to be cared for, 
to be loved on, to do everything. Why? So that he can experience what we have, so that he can show us the divine way to get out of there. Man, that's love and that's powerful. And that's why Proverbs 24, 10 through 13 are powerful in my life. Because as we see others who are being unjustly sentenced to death, we have to do something. Jesus knew he had to do something. His father told him at the beginning of the time, you're going to have to die for these people. And he still was willing. He didn't say, let's come up with another plan. He didn't say, don't create them. He said, okay, go with the plan. You know, just go with the plan. And that's how we have to look at it. We have to go with the plan. I know sometimes the leaders that are over us are slow. I know I'm slow. And I know my people get frustrated with me. But you know what? Go with the plan. You know what I mean? Just go with the plan. God seems slow to us sometimes. But go with the plan. We don't know every factor and everything that goes into what's going on. But it's there. And understand this, the adversity that comes in your life, it's your strength tester. You know what I mean? It's making you stronger so you can rescue more. You know, I'm able to share with you and I'm able to, to give things to you out of my experiences because I went through something. And I want to tell you something. Go through it with your head up. No matter what it may be, health, finances, relationships, you go through with your head up and be a witness and a testimony to the power of God that he gets all the glory in Jesus' name. Until next week, take care.